0: Shabbat Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Virtual House Church. Sorry we got off a couple minutes late here. Uh, we are all celebrating Sukkot, so uh, everybody's trying to find a good internet connection and <laughs> uh, getting organized and stuff like that in the midst of Sukkot. If you're joining us here for the first time on the Virtual House Church, you could go to virtualhousechurch.com is our primary website, virtualhousechurch.com. Some introductory stuff there on the front page for you to check out. Uh, there's a fellowship finder, so if you're looking looking to connect with somebody in your area that may be uh, in line with your views here on the keeping the Torah and all that sort of thing, this is a map put out by 119 Ministries. Lots of people all over the world to potentially connect with there. Some cool videos by Zach Bauer from New to Torah also on that page. And in the top menu, you see who we are. That's just about Sheila and I, what we believe, our statement of faith. Coming out of Babylon is a resource for people who are really brand new and have a lot of questions, how do we do this, how do we do that, uh, what about the feasts and all that sort of thing, that's a great resource for you there. Virtual House Church Store, uh, you can click on the calendar here and that should open up a PDF for you. It's a free calendar put out by Kevin and Amanda Roberts, Uh, it has a Hebrew calendar superimposed on top of our Gregorian calendar, if you'd like a printed copy you could click on the domestic if you live in the United States or international if you live elsewhere to get a printed copy. Also, Juan Carlos, same thing, click on that. It gives you a free PDF for you to check out of the calendar that uh, he's keeping. It's slightly different than the one by Kevin and Amanda. And uh, if you scroll down, we're getting ready to start over. So it's a good time to get your Taurus study workbooks. I will tell you that um, you'll get them quicker through Amazon uh, and cheaper through us. So if you want to get them right away, uh, go ahead and order there through Amazon if you'd like to wait and get all five. I do have a few left in inventory and more on the way, but uh, uh, it seems like it takes a lot longer these days than it used to, to uh, for me to get my inventory in. But anyway, you can uh, get those before we start Genesis up next week. And the PDF version right here, you get those instant download, and you can print off the weekly studies for your home fellowship group or your uh, wh- whoever you're meeting with, your family, whatever. And, uh, of course, the Ephraim Awakening DVD-ROM, which contains all the resources that you see there. So uh, then down below that, we have what do we do about Paul and Galatians, a couple of links there, the common frequently asked questions, uh, that sort of thing is dealt with in those links. And then below that are the weekly studies. And this week, we're doing week number 54, the last Torah portion for this uh, year's cycle. Uh, You see the scriptures on the right-hand side there. Hopefully, you at least took the time to read those scriptures. We'd like you to do that before you join us, if you can. uh, Read through the scriptures and or listen to the broadcast from 2013 or watch the uh, broadcast after that uh, that we did. Um, uh, This is a ministry called Parsha in 60 Seconds, and Parsha is the Hebrew word for study. And basically, what they do is they distill the Torah portion down to 60 seconds so we can go ahead and... Listen and watch
1: that to get us started here welcome to on Sixty Seconds. Today's portion is from Deuteronomy 33:1 through 34:12. It is called Vezot Habracha, which means, and this is the blessing. Before Moses died, he bade the Israelites farewell with a long, detailed blessing. Moses prayed that the tribe of Reuben survive, though its numbers were few; that Judah would be restored and helped against its foes; that the Levites would have substance, favor their undertakings, and smite their enemies; Benjamin would continue to rest securely beside God, between God's shoulders; Joseph to have a good harvest; Zebulun to rejoice in its journeys; and Issachar in its tents. Gad like a lion who executes God's judgment for Israel, Dan like a lion's whelp that leaps from Bashan, Naphtali to take possession of the west and south, Asher to be the favorite among the tribes, dip its feet in oil, and have door bolts of iron and copper and security all its days. Moses then praised God for being a mighty protector like no other. At 120 years old, Moses climbed a mountain, saw the land, and died. The Israelites mourned for 30 days, and Joshua, filled with God's spirit, became their leader. Never again did a prophet like Moses arise, who spoke face to face with God. And that is Vizot Habrachan. 60 seconds. All right, that's awesome. And, of course,
0: there's other notes and stuff you can check out. I always recommend these commentaries by Ardell from Your Living Waters. Definitely worth checking out. You can click on those PDFs and download them. Definitely worth reading. And some other notes from previous years here on the show page. And, of course, we end, as usual, with the Psalm 91, uh, the prayer of protection Uh, for end times right there. So um, let's see, one other thing to cover here, and that is if you haven't already, you need to vote today. Vote today not for presidents or any uh, persons in Congress, but for the virtual house church logo that we are trying to decide on here. I've got all the submissions that people had gotten to us by Wednesday. Wednesday was the deadline. And so you can look at all of the ones that people have uh... submitted here and i've already voted here uh... so if you've, you've already voted you probably have a screen like this uh... if you want to see the results you can click on that and after you vote it'll show you uh... the the ones that are uh... have already been voted on and which ones are winning so what we're gonna do before jake has to leave early today uh... i'm gonna go through this probably in the next half hour or so so be sure to start voting now if you can And I'll check this again and then try to really quickly put together a top five page. And then Juan Carlos, Jake, and I will decide from the top five what the winner is. So, right now, it looks like logo design number 25 is in the lead. This one right here. And by the way, you can click on the picture if you want to enlarge it. If it's too hard for you to see, you can just click on it and then hit the back button in your browser to get back to the page there. So, uh, I will put the link to this page in the chat room here on YouTube. And uh, it's robschannel.com forward slash VHC dash logo. That is the URL. And I, again, I just put the link in the chat room. So be sure to vote in the next uh, 20 minutes or so so we can kind of wrap this up and get ourselves a new logo. All right. Now, with all that said, let's go to my co-hosts here, Juan Carlos and Jake Grant, all of which are celebrating Sukkot. Hey, guys. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Hey, so uh, Juan Carlos, you're uh, well, on day four, I think, on your calendar. Of um...
2: yes, um, today I'm in the day four. I started sukkot on Wednesday uh, this week, uh, so so have been enjoying sukkot so far. It's uh, it's the best time of season of the year, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you doing it with any fellowship? Or are you just doing it at your house, or what are you what are you doing?
2: Actually, actually, I was invited outside of the city to to a place that uh, I I built my own sukkah first uh, time in the year, and so so many years waiting to build a a proper sukkah. So so I did it this year. So yeah, now I'm in my apartment just uh, to join the virtual house church. But tomorrow I'm going back to the place to to keep celebrating Sukkot uh, with the family.
0: Very good. Yeah, we are just doing it here in our backyard. <laughs> uh right now. So, uh, Jake, where are you doing, are you doing it? You know, with Steve, which group, right?
3: Yeah, I'm down here in Southern Missouri, uh, here in the Ozark foothills. Um, this is the biggest Sukkot I've ever been to. It's, it's amazing. Nice. Um, there's, there's like probably hundred plus people here, big families. There's more kids and, and families here than I've ever, I've ever seen at Sukkot. So I'm, we're super excited to be here. Uh, right now I'm connected to a uh like a camp wi-fi outside of one of the one of the offices but um yeah we're we're really having a blast this we're on the first day for our calendar here and um uh it's uh we're just having a blast i had my in-laws come up from kentucky and my parents both so we have a whole bunch of family here and it's just a blast
0: yeah that's fantastic is it at a campsite like or somebody's property or where is it
3: yeah, it's a uh, it's a private campground at the back of a big state park here uh, in the Roaring River, Roaring Rapids State Park, or something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a blast. They're they're actually doing tour portions right now in the big hall, so I snuck out so I could jump on with you guys for a little while. Um, but it's just awesome, guys. This uh, they're they're doing a giant open forum tour portion right now in the big hall, and there's probably a you know two hundred people in there and Steve's reading through the tour portion and then saying, all right, questions, comments, concerns, and they're all, you know, people shouting out different theories and thoughts and adding to the teach. it's amazing. It's so beautiful to see.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh man, that that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I kind of missed that. Uh, I, it's been a while since I've done one with, uh, with a whole group uh, before. It's just, sometimes it's really difficult for us to manage all that, but uh, Sukkot's generally always a, a good time. It's a lot of fun. And uh, Well, we're still enjoying ourselves even in, in the backyard, but it's not quite the same as being with a large group of people. And I, what I really love about Sukkot are the campfire discussions uh, that tend to happen oh, yeah. after dark when we go way, way into the night debating heavy things. Uh, that, that's something I really enjoy. Although the last one, I have to say, the last one that I did with a large group of people was, was not quite as fun as previous ones because for some reason that particular year was the year that a lot of people started a questioning Paul and worse Yeshua and at that time there were a lot of people that were trying to say that Yeshua wasn't really the Messiah and that he was not that he was an idol and we shouldn't have anything to do with him and I was like what is happening here uh and Ow. I was quite frustrated at that one <laughs> that one was that was a hmm. Not not so much fun. <laughs> I, I enjoy a good discussion and love a healthy debate, but that was that was over the top for me at that time. So hopefully you guys won't run into that.
3: Yeah, they they made sure before uh, before everyone came here, they went out and and made sure everybody was on the same page with our Messiah is uh, the one and only uh, Yeshua, you know, and, and that we hadn't denied him. And so that was kind of the only prequisite, you know, no matter where you stand on. On Round Earth, Flat Earth, how to pronounce the name, whatever, you know, all different types of people can come. Just make sure you haven't denied our Messiah. And that was the most important thing. And uh, it's a great, you know, great time to come together. And, um, and uh, that's, that, that's at least a good baseline for people to come. And, and we can discuss all these other topics, but that's the, the most important one to have down for sure.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Well, I mean, that's what I call the core essentials. So it's like you got to have that down. You got to get that right. All the other stuff, sure. Let's let's debate. Let's have fun. Let's have some civilized discussion about it. No problem. But uh, glad that they did that because man, it can get really rough <laughs> uh, if people aren't, you know, at least united in that.
3: Yeah, I, I wanted to tell, share with you guys, uh, last uh, last week the reason I missed was because we had uh, this a big national coordinated baptism, and I wanted to tell everybody how well it went. Yeah. Um, we had 17 different ministries all over North America, um, all baptized people at the same day on the same time frame, and uh, hundreds of people all over the United States got baptized in the name of our Messiah, and it was just awesome. We... Here in Missouri, Thanks. we had probably 200, 200 people show up, and and uh, just it, w- it was an awesome experience. It was all for you know for us, we were all doing it before the Day of Atonement. Most of us were were doing it as you know uh, whether it was rededicating themselves or people that had been baptized in the mainstream church system and they wanted to you know re you know do it with the name Yeshua or Yahushua, um, uh, and people that had never been baptized were all given this opportunity and. Um, man, I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if we can start doing it every year around that time frame uh, because there was an amazing turnout. We had hundreds of people all over the North America come out and get baptized, and it was an awesome show of of uh, like cooperation between different ministries and stuff. You know, we have different opinions and different you know areas of study that we all focus on, but we can all come together on this core main important thing that. Yeshua told us to, uh, you know, repent and be baptized. And, uh, and you know, and that's the main aspect of the gospel. That's the first little step of of obedience is to just take that almost, do that almost little silly act, that, you know, um, with that Assyrian prince came down, you know, and and he wanted to get healed. You know, the, the prophet told him, yeah, go and mikvah in the Jordan seven times. And, and he was like, ah, oh, that's silly. And, uh, and his servants told him, if the prophet had told you to go and do some crazy feat, wouldn't you go and do it? And you know what? He, he was like, yeah, you're right. And he goes and he does the, you know, and, and these are all foreshadows of the, the amazing, you know, uh, picture of baptism that we have in the new Testament with, uh, you know, the old man putting, being laid to rest and that being born again into new life, that old you flowing down the river of living water. And, uh, and a lot of people all over got to experience that, um, for the first time or, or rededicate and, and uh, I just want to tell you guys uh, how that went. It it just was awesome, and uh, we're going to be doing it more. I think I think there's a lot more people out there that would love to, you know, step out in faith and, and walk that out. Um, uh, that haven't had the opportunity, and, and so I'm just all excited about it because uh, yeah, we, we uh, you know it's a great time to do that around the feasts. You know, we know historically, um, uh, people would mikvah before the feasts as a preparation, as a outward sign of repentance. And especially coming up into in the Day of Atonement, that's definitely a time of introspection and, and reflection and repenting of all, you know, all the stuff. And so, uh, you know, it's a great way to symbolize that, that sign of repentance. And, and it's also a very important thing for, you know, being baptized into the name of our Messiah. And, and uh, so anyways, I wanted to share that with you guys.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, you, I saw some of the pictures yeah. and stuff you were posting. That that looked uh, looked like quite the event. Very cool.
2: Yeah, maybe maybe next time, uh, Jake. And uh, I think I mentioned this uh, other day. We can try to organize something worldwide. I will be happy to join the, the doing something similar from here.
3: Very that cool. would be amazing. And, you know, just this first time. This is the yeah. first shot. And we only promoted it for maybe like two weeks or so. But man, if we could get people all over the world, all on the same page, can you imagine how powerful that would be? Just it would make waves literally and metaphorically, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh, just all over the world, people get baptized. And I I think that would be a great thing to organize in the future. And and, uh, I'd love to do that.
0: Yeah, fantastic. All right. um, Well, since Jake, you got to go early, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, what were your thoughts on this final portion from the Torah in Deuteronomy?
3: I thought it was such a fascinating parallel with the blessings of uh, Jacob. You know, when Jacob blessed the sons of Israel, you know, he had various blessings. And uh, and I was wondering if you guys had looked into that. Uh, I didn't have a chance to do a comparison yet with the actual blessings in Genesis. But uh, isn't it so fascinating that, um, in the same way, before Jacob died, he blessed the 12 sons, and uh, and Moses, before he died, gave them, you know, also blessings, and uh, I just found that really fascinating. You know, I think it's important that we recognize that Moses, you know, the humblest man who, who lived, right, didn't make it into the promised land. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I know we talked a little bit about this in previous tour portions, but... I think it is a, a very important thing, you know, and this is tied to, you know, you know, we don't want to deny our, our Messiah because no matter how much Torah you have, you know, un, unless you receive salvation given to us from the the, the act of dying and right, raising again and, and putting faith on the name of the Messiah, you won't get into the promised land. And that's how we have this amazing parallel in the Torah with uh, mm-hmm. Moses. He could get us up to the up to the you know looking into it but he didn't get us into the land it was yahushua it was joshua that eventually delivered us you know delivered the children of israel into the holy land and uh, in the same way you know um it's it's important that we uh you know recognize that our messiah is how we make it all the way in and because he's he's the one that has made it possible for you know imperfect men to be reconciled to a perfect creator and um and so, yeah, I was just really fascinated with um, the various blessings of uh, of the children of Israel. Um, one that, you know, right off the bat that stood out to me, I believe it was, uh, it's, uh, uh, I'm looking here, just making sure I'm, uh, it's the right one is, uh, I think it was Gad or Reuben, who says he will not, let me, let me find it real quick here. Um, Reuben will live and not die, but his men will be few. And uh, and it's just interesting because we know that, you know, some of the blessings that came from Jacob, uh, there seems to be some parallels here. And I ha- I want to do a full uh, fuller study to do a comparison of the two. But we know that um, sin uh, passes down generationally. You know, to the third and fourth generation is what the scripture talks about. And I can't help but to wonder if, you know, some of these blessings that Moses is pronouncing over the children of Israel is uh, is kind of a continuation of of uh, the sins of the patriarchs. You know, that, uh, you know, we have, uh, of course, Levi was very, uh, you know, uh, very zealous. Um, and uh, we have that story of Levi and, and his brother going into uh to kill the, the men who had raped Dina, uh, in Shechem. And, uh, and, you know, whenever you look at some of the, uh, the other extra biblical writings, we find that Levi was very zealous for like the priesthood and, and kind of the, the more priestly aspects of, of the, you know, his heritage. And, um, and so, um, I think there's a lot of interesting parallels here and, um, and, I would love to see if anybody who's watching this, if if maybe they compared, you know, the various blessings of the sons of Jacob, um, you know, through, you know, Genesis and also uh, here in in Deuteronomy. And and maybe there's more we can learn that, you know, I think there's interesting characteristics that are placed on each of these uh, children of Israel. And, uh, you know, whenever you, you know, talk about Ephraim and Manasseh, um, an interesting thing uh, that I've been learning recently is how uh, Jacob, whenever he prophesied over Ephraim, he said he will become a multitude of nations. He, he said that uh, Manasseh will become a great nation, but he said that Ephraim will become a multitude of nations. And in a way, in his his uh, blessing that he was placing over Ephraim, one of the sons of Joseph, uh, he was almost telling him, guess what? Your descendants at some point are not going to be part of the nation of Israel. They're going to go off into the nations. And so in his own way, he was prophesying over them about the the northern house and the dispersion that would eventually happen because of the, their idolatry because that only became possible whenever they sinned and then they were eventually cast out and scattered into the nations. And, uh, you know, Ephraim lost their identity as a tribe of israel and became a multitude of nations and so uh you know there's just some really important things here with these blessings and i think um uh you know uh, uh some of the interesting things that i've uh, heard like uh, in some of my interviews uh with uh dr stephen pigeon uh, in the past he's associated with uh i believe it was gad uh, or simeon with uh the this warrior uh, class of the tribes of israel that would basically um, be scattered in the tribes and they were always the the gusto get go and you know fighter types that were all always ready for battle and he eventually traced their lineage to possible ancestors of the spartans yeah. which is a you know it's a you know it's a plausible thing based on some of that research but you know just some really interesting things about where these tribes ended up and who they were throughout history uh because you know, if these blessings are placed over them by Moses and by Jacob, then maybe we can trace some of these qualities, some of these traits throughout history and are able to maybe identify some of their likely descendants. And of course we know that the tribes have thoroughly mixed in with the nations and many have, you know, intermingled and lost their identity, but um, it's uh, just very cool. Uh, I've, uh, I kind of had this idea like uh, making a, a bunch of, Uh, T-shirts for each tribe uh, and each color uh, T-shirt will be the color of like one of the uh, uh, one of the the stones because we have on the breastplate of the high priest. uh, We have the breastplate of the high priest with the various colors and uh, and like I I had some cool ideas about that. But um, anyway, so those were the the main things that that stood out to me um, that I, I just wanted to do further study in in the future. Um, but also just the fact that, you know, can you imagine how Moses would have felt uh, going through all of this trouble over the years and uh, and all he gets to do is look out over the promised land and uh, and he didn't get to go in can, like, man, that guy went through so many heartaches and and mm-hmm. bad experiences. And uh, and so he, he's like, all right, you know, getting to look out over the, the Holy Land. So. You know, maybe he gets his experience to get into the Holy Land whenever, uh, you know, the resurrection happens. And so maybe that's his, you know, that's his uh, consolation prize, I guess. But, um, you know, the, the one thing that's uh, fascinated me is, uh, you know, uh, how it talks about at the end of the Torah portion, how mo- nobody knows where Moses uh, died and, and was buried. And uh, I find it uh, interesting um, because I had always thought that he... He had died on a mountain yeah. and was buried on some mountain. But in really, in a closer inspection, it says that he was buried in a valley in the land of Moab opposite to Bet-Peor. But no man knows of his grave today. And, of course, we have that interesting account of uh, you know Satan contending over the body of Moses. Um, uh, forgive me, I'm, I'm spacing on the reference. Uh, but we have that interesting account sorry, what was that?
0: In Jude, in the book of Jude.
3: Yeah. And, uh, and of course, you know, that's a, that's just a peculiar, you know, thing in itself. Like what in the world? Um, what is that all about? You know? So I was wondering if maybe you guys had some thoughts of why do you think that, uh, it was important that no man know where Moses was buried? And also, uh, why would, why do you guys believe in Jude, it talks about Satan contending over his body? Like, What's all that about? You know, it's just some interesting stuff. But um, you know, it, it you know, it finishes off this Torah portion, the very end of the Torah, and it says, And Israel and in Israel there is not risen a prophet since like Moses, whom Yahuwah knew face to face, and all the signs and his wonders which Yahuwah sent to him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh, to all his servants, to all his land, and all that mighty hand, and all that great awe which Moses showed. In the sight of all Israel, and and that's why it's so important that we we know the prophet likened unto Moshe, right, the Messiah Yehushua, um, because uh, you know we know that uh, we've talked about it many times during these virtual house church discussions about the greater Exodus and uh, and the regathering, um, and it talks about in the the prophets where you know no more will they say, thus the Lord lives who brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. But the Lord lives who brought the children of Israel from the four corners of the earth and from all the islands of the sea and and drew them back in. And and that's something that is yet to happen, because I don't know about you guys, but it's still pretty miraculous. The things that have been recorded in these Torah and uh, these uh, in the books of the Torah and the Exodus accounts and the miracles. But man, oh, man, am I looking forward to uh, when no more are we going to say we we follow the, the Lord that brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt. Instead, we're going to be saying, you know, we follow the Lord that brought up all the tribes of Israel from the four corners where he scattered them and, and brings them back in. And who, who is it that the staff is uh, put, joined together of Ephraim and Judah? That's the, under the hand of the Messiah, you know, our savior. And, uh, and that's why this stuff's so important to study through the Torah portions and, and, uh, Man, it's just been a it's a been a blast to go through these tour portions with you guys, and, and I love discussing this stuff. And um, there's always going to be more to learn next year. So. Uh.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we're here. We are doing this well over ten years now, and we're still getting stuff out of it. Same thing uh, as you, Jake. I was like, I always thought it was in the mountains, but it says very clearly it was in the valley that. Moses' body yeah. was was buried I'm like how did I miss that I mean we discussed it and yeah. I think it was the uh, 2016 broadcast uh, where it was kind of a revelation to us as well we're like eh. uh, but yeah I'm, I'm with you man I don't know what to make of that passage in Jude and it's it's been a bit of a quest for me to try to find what text was it that the author of Jude that you know presumably Jude himself Was referring to like where did he get this information and what was that all about? I mean, uh, the only thing I can speculate on that would be that you know they would probably want to worship it. You know, uh, same thing with the um, you know the snake on the pole thing. They started worshiping that thing too. So you know maybe that's a reason. I don't know. Uh, I did think it's kind of cool though that that Moses kind of got to go into the land um, with Yeshua in the Mount of Transfiguration. Now, this is really on the border uh, for them. This is southern Lebanon, uh, northern Israel. Um, Actually, I don't know. Maybe that is still considered part of the, you know, right now the current borders are not the biblical borders of of Israel, uh, the promised land. Uh, So I'd have to go back and look at it and see if Mount Hermon is within the promised borders or if it's, outside of it at any rate Mount Hermon I believe is the Mount of Transfiguration because it's right there at Caesarea Philippi where Yeshua stopped his disciples and said hey who do men say that I am you know and it says you know right after that he took uh, a few of his disciples up to uh, the top of a high mountain well it's by far the highest mountain in the region and they're already there so many scholars believe as I do that uh, uh, Mount Hermon was the Mount of Transfiguration in fact even to this day there's a there Right now there's a UN radar outpost on Mount Hermon right across from a cross that is there to establish the, I guess, the the believed site of the transfiguration. So uh, I've always found that pretty cool, that that Moses at least got that far and to go there and be there with Yeshua, who was the prophet like unto Moses. So I've always been, been fascinated by that. Juan Carlos what are your thoughts? And uh, after Juan speaks, uh, Jake, if you need to go, we can go ahead and do uh, do the vote real quick. So everybody, uh, while Juan Carlos is talking, please go to robchannelcom forward slash vhc-logo. If you haven't already, I'll put the link again in the chat room. And you guys can give your final vote. And what you, what's going to happen here is you guys w- are voting for uh, what will amount to the top five And so you guys are the the votes, the people, and you might think of us as like the electoral college if you want to. uh, Because then we're going to, regardless of what you think is the number one of the top five, we're going to go in there, look at the top five, and then we will decide uh, what we think. And um, I guess we'll let Juan, Carlos, and Jake go first, and then I'll be the tiebreaker that either confirms or denies what you guys come up with. (laughs) Uh, All right, so uh, with that said, Juan, Carlos, what are your thoughts on this week's Torah portion?
2: Well, I think uh, we shared with with Jake uh, many many similar topics uh, regarding what's uh, interesting in this in this portion. Rob, uh, myself, I, I have not done the clear deep study on the blessing here, and I think uh, I have my notes here in the scripture that uh, is something really interesting to to go and study more deeper details because nope. of the yeah. different uh, parallels between the 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 blessing the given by jacob and also the blessing to the whole israel and to see was the different blessing to to the different tribes you know what what caught my attention and this will deserve as i said a deeper study that the only two tribes that got a a bigger blessing or more extended blessing was the tribe of uh, levi and the tribe of joseph Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 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 this is really interesting considering the the importance of the tribe of Levi and uh, you know somehow the, in the way that I I, I felt this uh, it was somehow related to everything that Moshe and Aaron uh, went through uh, during the, their time in the wilderness you know the rebellion of Korah and and so on so so most probably somehow was also a reinforcement of the position of the Kohenim. Uh, by the being the one leading the people on the way of yahoo but uh, you know as, as jake said i think it is they deserve a more deeper study just to understand what are the the parallels and how this applies to to all of us uh, they even even there's there are few 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 items here in the the first uh, three verses that i quite sure that this is related to the to the end times you know when we read the in the verse uh, two that the uh, that the Yahuwah he shone forth from Mount Paran and came with 10,000 of set-apart ones. You know, it resonated uh, within me uh, to something similar that uh, we read in the book of uh, Yehuda, the, the book of youth, he's he rephrasing uh, what is written in the book of Enoch, that the Yahuwah will come with thousands of millions mi- mi- of uh, the set-apart ones. So, 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 you know, there's some kind of a parallel there that uh, it will be interesting to, to study. So, but you know, what, what specifically got my got my attention like this is what I what I wanted to share t- today. Uh, it's in the way that is uh, the chapter 33 is, is finishing. And you know, it's resonated uh, really much on me because uh, somehow it's a message for all of us in these uh, last days. And I want to read it to you guys, uh, this is in the verse 26 to 29 of the chapter 33 and it says the following O Yeshurun, there is no one like Elohim riding the heavens to help you and of the clouds in his excellency the Elohim of all is a refuge and beneath are everlasting arms and he drives out the enemy from before you and says destroy thus Israel dwells in safety the fountain of Jacob alone in a land of Grain and new wine. His heavens also drop down dew. Blessed are you, Israel, who is like you, a people saved by Yahuwah, the shield of your health, and he who is the sword of your excellency. And your enemies are subdued for you, and you tread down their high places. When when I was reading this uh, by studying this portion, you know, as I said, it resonated uh, that much uh, within me because. uh, we are living so complicated and difficult times uh, lately. And this year that we have been discussing about this uh, previously has been, I think for all of us around the world, very difficult. And and we see how the darkness is increasing and increasing every day. And we, the ones that we want to keep on the way of Yahuwah, keeping the narrow path, uh, is getting every day more difficult. It's a hard pressed uh, walk and way. And you know, these uh, hard pressures are increasing and increasing every day. And, and we know, uh, Jacob was referring to just a few minutes ago about the, the second Exodus. Uh, we know that in the last days, this will uh, continue increasing these uh, difficulties and so on. But we see here in this justice, uh, this passage, that is part of the blessing of that Moshe delivered to the people of Yahuwah, this amazing promise that is for all of us and is something a reminder that is Yahua the one saving His people? Is the Yahua the one fighting the battles for us? And this is part of the blessing, the amazing blessing for all of Israel. And we are part of Israel. You know, we are celebrating Sukkot now, and, and the meaning of Sukkot is so amazing. I was chatting in in, in a video in my channel the other day that uh, you know the significance and the, the 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 profound meaning of Sukkot is is so 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 such a blessing. That is basically is the establishment of the of the kingdom of Yahuwah. is the is the future a booth of Elohim as is written in, in in Revelation, coming down to earth with the New Jerusalem and, and Yahuwah himself living among his people among his creation once again in the same way that was done uh, at the creation in the Garden. So 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 we see now during this time of a uh, feast that. Uh, This amazing blessing of protection and a reminder for all of us that no matter that we are going through difficulties, no matter that we will go even through very hard times in the near future, is Yahuwah the one protecting us? Is Yahuwah the one that is acting as the strong tower, the refuge for all of us? It's just a matter for all of us to believe in these promises. It's a matter just for all of us to take refuge in Yahuwah himself. In order to be safe. And uh, and you know the amazing uh, additional amazing thing in this that it says that uh, people saved by Yahuwah. And we know uh, what's the, the real name of Ye- our Mashiach is Yahuwah Safe, Yahushua. Mm-hmm. So 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 even, even in this uh, small passage, we see this amazing promise that Yahuwah will save his people through Mashiach so so you know this is something that i you know resonated to to me really much and i wanted to share with you guys because uh, it's something for us in these days it's through yahushua just taking hold on his hand and uh, and you know even even it was uh, funny that you mentioned about your experience in the in the lasso cult uh, how uh, how many people was the uh, rejecting yahushua as the messiah uh, you know, because I was I wanted I wanted to share this uh, this, this topic to you so you know everything is connected from time to time. this Yahua is leading our words. So uh, it's a reminder we need to hold the hands of Yahushua, Yahushua because through him he's gonna Yahua will save us during during this period of time is part of the lesson of Moshe. And uh, and you know the, there is an, an interesting parallel as well regarding the same. It is written by the words of uh, Paul Shaul that uh, in the last, uh, last days we will hear about peace and safety, but uh, sudden destruction will come over the nations. So uh, a fake a peace and safety is coming to the earth, but we know that through Yahuwah we will have the real safety, the real refuge, the real peace. And there are a few passages that uh, you know is is uh, really interesting. I want to I want to share with you. It's in the book of uh, Jeremiah, chapter thirty-three, verse sixteen. Just to reinforce the, this uh, this idea. What, what is it? Hang on, a second.
0: Jeremiah what? Jeremiah thirty-three. Thirty-three. Okay. All right. Verse
2: sixteen. And this is talking about uh, the the end times, and uh, let's read it from the verse 15 and 16. It says, in those days and at that time, I caused a branch of righteousness to spring forth for David, and he shall do right ruling and righteousness in the earth. In those days, Yehuda shall be saved, and Jerusalem dwell in safety. And this is that which shall be proclaimed to hear, Yahuwah sitkenu, Yahuwah our righteousness. So so we see this also, this parallelism, that uh, we'll see a fake peace and safety. But uh, you know, just by reading this amazing blessing at the end of the blessing of uh, Moshe, that the real safety and the real peace, we will have it directly by the hand of Yahushua, when the kingdom of Yahuwah is gonna be established. And this is an amazing connection as well of what are the feasts that we are celebrating now. Mm -hmm. It's Sukkot, it's a time of rejoicing, it's a time of peace, it's a time of remember that this is the promise of Yahuwah for all of his people. It's a time of peace, a time of rejoicing, a time of uh, coming back to the original design of His creation. So, so you know that, that's the the most important part that I the, it, it, it it caught my attention. And you know the second the second thing that uh, I think, uh, Rob or of uh, yeah, you, you mentioned this is about the faithfulness of uh, Moses. Mm. You know, uh, he he was able, and I was sharing with you. Previous weeks ago that uh, about what I think is going to happen to Moses. He wasn't able to go and pass over to the to the promised land. But, uh, you know, he died on the mountain. He was buried, as you as you properly said. And this is also amazing in the valley. And uh, it's my belief that when Moses is going to be resurrected, it's going to be like uh, closing and opening of eyes. It's just uh, going to sleep and waking, waking up at the following day. Mm. So, so for Moses, it's going to be just uh, these two or 3,000 years or so didn't exist. It's just the, the next day. So, so he's going to be able to pass to the promised land by the hand of Yahushua, no Yahushua Ben-Nun, by the hand of Yahushua HaMashiach. So but even even in that in that situation that the Moses was Moses was not able to to pass to the promised land in that time you know he endured till the end mm-hmm. because uh, you know the, our emotions sometimes uh, play against us in uh, especially when we are going through the, the difficult times and you know Moses could decide by then Okay, and I will not continue leading these people if I'm not going to pass over the, the promised land, why I will continue doing so? But, you know, he, he, he was faithful till the end, even when he knew that he was not going to pass to the land. He took his uh, commitment to Yahuwah until the end, and he was walking and running the race till the end. You know, and, and, and there are so many parallels on, the, on this faithfulness of Moshe, that we see in Yahushua himself, and this is a this is an example for all of us. You know, we see a, a lot of uh, of the fruits of the ruach, the fruits of the spirit, in the uh, in the character of Moses, and in the same thing we see in the character of our Mashiach, and, and this is, I think, uh, the, the main the main t- takeover. Uh, of a uh, takeaway of this uh, passage from my point of view uh, because it's the last one from the book the of the barin You know, we have been going through the entire t- uh, the portion of the varin, how Israel uh, were the walking in the wilderness, all the experiences they went through, the difficulties that Moshe went through with this uh, stiff-necked people, but even even so, he stood and he was faithful to Yahuwah until the end, showing this uh, self-control internally, with the exception of what happened in the the water in the water of Marah, uh, even, even being a really peaceful guy in the same way that Mashiach was. So, so all the fruit of the spirits we see in Moshe, and, and this is an invitation for all of us that even that we go through difficulties in our lives, in our day to day, that we need to see this example in Moses, that we need to see this example in the servants of Yahuwah through the scriptures. We need to see the example and the car- character of Yahushua HaMashiach, and we need to imitate them because this is what Yahuwah is expecting from his children, from his people, from his sons. So, so, so you know, and, and, and this is also connected to what I said before. We will go through difficulties. We are going already through difficulties, but we need to remind ourselves those examples that even that we are going through difficult times, we need to uh, hold fast to the hand of Yahushua. We need to hold fast on the purpose of what Yahushua uh, called us to His way, and to endure until the end. This is this is uh, you know one of the, the 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 main takeaways from from my point of view, and the and the, the examples of Moses to to all of us. So I don't know, guys, if you want to comment on on these points.
0: Yeah, very good. Um, Jake, any comment, awesome. comments on what Juan Carlos had to say?
3: Yeah, yeah. Just one. Uh, just I, I wanted to throw out one uh, quick parallel between Moses and Yahushua that um, I never really understood before, but it just recently kind of dawned on me with this whole baptism thing, and you know, it had been kind of on my mind and stuff. But you know, the the process by which Moshe was named was the daughter of Pharaoh, okay, uh, named him Moshe, uh, which means being drawn from water, okay? And so um, in the same way, uh, we have uh, Yahushua, uh, whenever he went and he got baptized by John the Baptist, he says, this is so that all righteousness may be fulfilled. Yahushua also was drawn from the water, and he heard from heaven that voice that says, this is my you know my son with whom I am well pleased, right? Well, the amazing parallel is that if we are to follow after our Messiah's example, one, it's another good reason to get baptized, but also it's uh it's a parallel with the the uh, adoptive process of becoming fellow heirs into another type of royal family, just as Moses was drawn from the water and adopted into the royal family, you know, with the daughter of Pharaoh. Mm. In the same way, when we go through that uh, baptism, you know, process in Yahushua's name, we also are offered that opportunity to be fellow heirs um, with the kingdom of heaven. So it's a it's another parallel there with the name of Moshe, you know, being drawn from waters, that we see that Yahushua is walking out uh, in the gospel account. Um, you know, there's got to be a significance that he's like, you know i, I got to do this so that all righteousness will be fulfilled and so whenever we we recognize that he is our example and if we so say we know him we should walk also as he walked then it's a it's a, a great you know a, a great analogy there of you know in the same way that moses was drawn from waters and adopted into that royal family we are offered that 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 opportunity to become fellow heirs with christ Ah, uh, through following him in, in baptism, and and so that's something I stumbled across uh, of a, another parallel there with the the name of Moshe and and why he was named that, and and also and the Messiah kind of expl- you know having us uh, follow in that example of of baptism. So, um, and also this time of Sukkot, I think uh, Juan was t- mentioning Sukkot a little bit. Um, I find it very interesting that it is this time of Sukkot that we're trying to keep these biblical feasts. Doing Bible things in Bible ways, right? And uh, the Feast of Sukkot is to go out and dwell in temporary dwelling locations, to so dwell in tents, usually out of the city, going away from you know the cities and into you know the you know state parks or you know sometimes the backyards, fine. But um, you know, but I find it interesting that this time period where Yah would have us go and and congregate and 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 go and you know dwell in tents is also the time period that you have the enemy's high holy days right Mm. halloween landings in in october and what is what is the premise of halloween well people dress up and as ghouls and goblins and they go in to the cities Mm. going door to door and all interacting in the cities while we as believers often are drawn out and go camping so Mm. you know it's just a it's an interesting time period and there's a dichotomy there that really does show a separation with believers and the world system and how they celebrate their holy days and how we celebrate Yahuwah's days.
0: Yeah, boy, you just said a whole bunch of stuff that's got me thinking. Uh, yeah, I'm not aware, maybe there is an example. Can you guys think of an example of baptism or a baptism-like scenario prior to Moses being drawn out of the water? I can't think of anything.
2: No, me neither.
3: Well, I know we have the example of how in the creation account, you know, there was water. Right. And, Life was and then drawn out the of water. And from the waters, you know, is born, you know, the dry land separates from the waters. And, you know, how the firmament is placed between the waters above and below, which is a representation of a, almost a womb. Mm. And we're here in the middle, you know? So, uh, you know, if we go way back, that's some like. Brad Scott, you know kind mm-hmm. of agrobiolinguistictically ancient you know looking into the very first few Genesis verses um, but uh you know really I I'd have to think about that one i I can't think of anything like more explicit um,
0: yeah, huh. I think it might be on to something there because uh, he's the prophet like unto Moses and you know just like his life was in danger as an infant and he was hidden away. You know, we have Yeshua in a, s- a similar situation, and, you know, Moses is drawn out of water, and by the time of Yeshua, baptism had been taking place. I mean, that was obviously a thing back then. Um, that's interesting, man. Nope, well, uh, well, that was an example of yeah, coming saved through, through, water saved like through water. Yeah, you'd saved <clears> through water, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I was even just thinking as a counterfeit of that, that the beast comes out of the sea. Oh yeah, uh, of, of Revelation So there, there's that would be a counterfeit of that. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, a lot of interesting things to chew on that you were just talking about there. Um, and also, you know, we have true beast feast taking place in the month of October with uh, with Halloween. I mean, that that's about as evil as it gets. Um, and for churches to do, oh, we're doing a fall festival. They do they do that you know, as a substitute for Halloween, but many in the church won't do the actual fall festival of Sukkot. Kind of bizarre. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Let me switch over here just a second. And uh, I'm just going to put up the, um, let me see if I can put up a hold screen here while I get a few things organized on this side here. So we'll call an end to the popular vote, so to speak. (laughs) Two hundred and seventeen votes. It looks like total. Uh, let me just double check something. Twenty nine, twenty eight, twenty six. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, so let me let me share this on the screen. You guys have the other link, right? I gave it to you in the Skype chat. So um, yeah. <clears throat> let me switch over to this other screen here, and we'll get the. Final tally. Um, just a second here. Boom. Okay. Okay. So over on the virtual house church logo competition page, we've got a total of. Let me just refresh. Make sure. Yep. Refresh. 217 total. So we're counting the ballots here, folks. We're not going to have any <laughs> missing ballots in the garbage or in the river here. Um. Okay, so by popular opinion, logo number 25, that was this one right here. 25 and 26 both placed in the top 10. The only difference I can tell between 25 and 26 is the highlight of the yod He vav He in the middle. I think that's the only difference between the two. So we had 25, 29 is for the biblical cosmologists out there. And 9 is this one here and I already talked about 26 and 21 is this one right here so I created a deciding the top 10 winner page that would be this one right here so uh, with the same ones 25 29 9 21 and 26 let me just go back and look at that again real quick make sure 25 25 29 29 9 9 26 and 21 26 and 21 okay so uh Jake since you gotta go first um why don't you go ahead and tell us which one you think is the favorite of the top five for you
3: all right here uh am I am I on mute here Oh, no, okay They're I can good. hear you okay so I really think okay so for for right now for uh, I'll uh so I got to give one. I got to choose one.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got to. Did you get you got the link right so you can actually cast your vote?
3: Uh, I don't know if I can cast my vote, but I, I am okay. looking at. Okay. The five, the top five here. Uh, so. Oh, oh so I, Yeah,
0: if you can see the top five, there should be a. You should also see a vote thing on the right side of it, or scrolling oh, down. Okay, gotcha.
3: Okay. I can't see that. Cool. Okay. Gotcha. Alright um, Should I just say which one I'm liking? or well, what? Yeah, go, ahead <laughs> what
0: and, go ahead and talk through your decision like like, what did you like about okay. it and which one do you think?
3: Uh, okay so I I really liked um, how easy to read and pop in logo number nine was mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I did like how that stood out uh, comparatively, um, the only other one that popped out as much to me was 28, I think, but that one didn't make it into the top five, top, uh, top five there. But that was, that was my, uh, my other favorite was number 28 that had the big VHC on it with the scripture logo. So for whoever made that one, good job. I really liked that one. Um, but we're, if we're limited to these top five. Right now, it's between number uh, uh, 21 and number 9 for me. And uh, number 21, I really liked just because, uh, you know, I love that they have the little zit seats on there. Man, what a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just tied onto the side of the logo. Um, I really like the, the sheaves of wheat and, and the, the, you know, the Torah scriptures and getting back to basics um so uh in terms of just design and for reasons of aesthetically pleasing and it has all of the iconography that i think is great to associate with church like the wheat and the zitzitz um i i kind of have settled for my vote on uh i believe it's number 20 uh Twenty one. Yep. Twenty one. Right. With right. a close runner up being number nine.
0: Okay, so can you push the button for a logo design twenty one?
3: Okay, I will do that. Here we go.
0: Let me know when you've done it and I'll try to refresh here. Alright. So it should say if everything works right here. Whoa. How did it come up with oh other people are voting. So people other other people have found this page somehow. <laughs> It's, we've been hacked already. There's only there's only yeah. years, there's four votes already cast. Somebody's hacked us. We've yeah. been hacked. See, even Virtual House Church is not immune to voter fraud. Well, you guys are hearing it anyway. So since I can't use the logo because some somebody's hacked us, apparently. Um This see, election is rigged. It's total see I even tried to hide the URL so people couldn't do it. Man. Alright, so I'm gonna write this down physically then. Jake twenty-one. Alright, one what
2: did you what did you pick oh this is a difficult one you know i told you when i saw this at the eating row um i'm debating myself exactly on the same two that J.K. mentioned i, I really like the logo the, the number nine i think it's a from a design point of view i really like it. the colors uh, you know it's related to a house uh, we are the virtually uh, joining in this uh, in this house so, so, I really like it. I think it's is uh, from, from a disciple' point of view, is really, really good. Mm. But also the number twenty-one, uh, I like it. Uh, I like it very much because of the same the same comment and and that Jake. That city, It's is a great, uh, great point. The only fact to have the two two stones over there with the, with the commandments also is, is very significant and uh, meaningful to what we're doing in the virtual house church. So so I like it uh, very much. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make your life uh, difficult, Rafa, a little bit. <laughs> okay. So so so, <laughs> so I'm gonna vote for the for the number nine. Okay. So so you are gonna have the final decision.
0: Jeez, I I get to be the bad guy here, huh? Okay. <laughs> okay. So one. Okay, Jake did twenty one and one. Tw- did you hit the button? The for nine. Yeah, I'm gonna hit it. I'm gonna hit it now. Okay, you hit okay. that, and we'll see what the voter fraud says. <laughs> okay. You're ahead. See, there's six there now. Okay. All right, so anyway, um, we'll know that this has been hacked. There hasn't been six votes. There's been one vote by Jake for 21 and Juan Carlos for nine. Um, man, it was difficult, man. There was, there was going back to the other page here. First of all, thank you to everybody that contributed, you know, that played a part in this I uh, really appreciate it. What a what a great turnout! I mean, to have what do we have? Thirty nine here with some some uh, have multiple variations of the same logo, like these two right here. But you know, everybody did really cool stuff here, and I really want to say thank you to everybody who participated. Wow, very cool and a hard decision. So that's why I want to narrow it down to five to make it a little bit easier for us. Um, you know, all of these five, I, I really like all of them. Um, between 25 and 29, I think I would go at 25, which was the popular vote, uh, just because I think it's a little cleaner with less of a highlight of the Yodhe heh uh, Actually, this would make a great um, uh, collector's coin. Like if we were to hire a company to, to make a collector's coin or something. Uh, in fact, I might go ahead and do that. I really, I think that that's, that's pretty cool. Make a limited edition virtual house church collector coin or something like that. Pretty cool. Um and for those who are into biblical cosmology, this is really well done. Uh, I, I I really like this, but just for the sake of not turning people off immediately <laughs> uh, you know, that aren't on that page so far, I mean, we've got to respect our brothers and sisters that, that don't quite get it. Although, I'll tell you what, guys, I'm just going to warn you in advance. When we do the Virtual House Church next week, we're starting at Genesis, and I'm not going to hold anything back. Cosmology is right there laid out very clearly for us in the in the next tour portion. Logo number nine is very clean. Uh, this this makes for good like you know business cards and things of that nature. A very clean logo, and and it actually kind of reminds me of like like homeschooling or something. And since we're doing a home Bible study fellowship, I really like that. And again, 26 is pretty much the same as 25, except for the highlighted Yodhe Vavhe. But uh, man, right from the beginning, when I first saw this one, I got to say, this has been my favorite all along. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead and break the tiebreaker here and go with logo number 21. So logo number 21 is the winner. Yay. And uh, if we go to the. Uh, woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> And, and and thank you guys. I don't have my
2: shofar here, you know, I keep it in the other place and with the sukkah so we can upload the shofar.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well <laughs> uh, <clears throat> let me go back to this and uh, I'm going to go ahead and put my vote in for 21 and then uh, see what happens right here. Well, even with the f- voter fraud, it was still <laughs> 21. So uh, whoever threw in the extra votes still voted for 21 anyway. So 21 is the winner. And uh, if we go to the uh, Virtual House Church Discord page, uh, the logo competition, uh, let me see who did that one. Uh, that was, uh, uh, let me see. We'll find out who the winner is. In the meantime, uh, I believe we promised the winner Uh Kevin and Amanda said they were gonna give a bunch of uh printed calendars, I think. And of course I was gonna do the five workbooks. Okay, so it's a user on the on the Discord as White Israelite. Did that logo. Yeah, there we go. So this person right here, White Israelite, you are the winner. Yay! And uh so we'll have to get your contact information and uh then we can send you your prize on that. And for those who are not yet joined up, I'm gonna go ahead and take this opportunity. Uh, with our virtual house church server. There's a link right there in the chat room for those who would like to uh, join in the conversation for other things. We, maybe we'll have other competitions in the future, but uh, there's different rooms you can have the general conversation. Of course, we just did the logo competition. Uh, Hebrew learning, biblical cosmology should heat up next week probably. Prayer closet, what about Paul? And I'll probably be adding some new channels to the server uh shortly. So anyway, uh, let me switch back here. Jake, uh, any parting words? I know you have to get going. Uh, anything else you'd like to say before you leave on either the tour portion, or the half-tour portion, or anything else in general?
3: Yeah, just uh, it's been so great getting to study with you guys, uh, and I'm excited to get started once again going through the cycle, and, and I hope everybody has a blessed uh, Sukkot. Uh, Whenever, you know, whatever day you're on or or whatever, this is an amazing time where we're actually commanded to rejoice. Like, oh, how terrible (laughs) and a bondage and oppressing that is. My goodness. He says, you know, rejoice before me. And so, you know, I I hope you guys all have uh, an awesome time keeping those hard commandments to keep, right? (laughs) Um, so, you know, I, uh, I'm just so excited that I uh, get to come and fellowship with other people and I hope everybody, no matter where you guys are or how you're celebrating it, that it's a blessed time and, and you guys are filled with joy. Uh, because, you know, this is the time that when Yahushua came down from his big fast, right, he was tempted by Satan, that he came down to Jerusalem and declared himself the fountain of living water. You know, and that is so significant and is through our faith in him. That really, we find that that fountain of living water, um, and that's the the same thing that he shared with that that woman at the well, right? You know, you, I come come and drink from me, you know, and, and I will give you waters where you'll never thirst again. You know, what does that mean? Well, you know, our Messiah is why we celebrate these appointed times. You know, uh, this is also a likely time period for his birth. Um, you know, there's the of course the Feast of Trumpets. Con- uh, you know, possibility out there, but also the the feast of Sukkot is another likely time that he could have been born. You know, born on the first day, circumcised on the eighth day. So, you know, whenever people look at these feasts and why you're keeping them, um, you know, don't let any man judge you for new moons and festivals. You know, whenever you're coming out of the pagan system and the world's holidays, don't let people judge you when you're trying to keep Bible things and Bible ways, um, because they are all uh, so crammed full of information and and you know characteristics that we can learn about our messiah and so it's an amazing blessing that you know i've this is my, my maybe my uh, third uh maybe fourth like really Sukkot that i've really tried to practice my first passover was 2015 um uh, and you know just it, it's just been an amazing journey of learning these things and every year there's all new types of revelations and insights that people bring to the table because we're all coming hungry, you know, to discuss the word of, of YAH. And, uh, and so it's just, it's so exciting to be, you know, here in this time and, you know, rejoice because it's, uh, the feast is here and, uh, we've been waiting all year for it. So I hope you guys have a blessed time and, and, uh, I'll see you guys, uh, next
0: virtual house church. All right. right. Thanks so much, Jake. Hey, uh, tell Steve and everybody else we said, hi for us wish yeah. were, we wish were there to... <laughs> all right all right Cast so back to everybody.
2: Bye.
0: thanks bro bye bye okay well that was fun whoops <laughs> there we go yeah it was, was
2: really fun rough you know we were waiting you know to, just to 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 get to sukod and not only to the to not only to that also to have this a uh, voting for the for the logo of, a, of the virtual house. It was really fun.
0: Yeah, you know, unbelievable. Even that, you know, I, I tried to make it as secure as I could and, you know, all that stuff. To, boy, it's just, it's kind of sobering how um, votes, you know, it's like our votes don't really matter, you know, uh, in this country as far as I'm concerned because the, the electoral college alone shows you that uh, our mm-hmm. votes don't really you know, the popular vote could be whatever it is. And the electoral college can just totally overturn it. But still there's so much fraud going on that, uh, right. you know, it's hard to, hard to know what the truth is. And it's surely going to be contested even here on the virtual house church. We had problems. And I tried really hard to set up a system that <laughs> wouldn't get hacked and whatever. But anyway, uh, I, that was fun. I enjoyed it. And, um, uh, you know, again, thank you to everybody that participated. I Really appreciate everything, and you know, all the logos were really good in different ways. But I think uh, that logo 21 definitely had every all the elements in it, including the seat seat, which was was really cool. So yeah. I, I may um, get with the creator of that logo and maybe tweak it just a little bit as far as the colors go to be a better match for the website. Although I will say I'm also working on a new. Website for virtual house church. Um, This was yeah. This website, you know, it's been around since like 2013, and it was done on Google Sites uh, platform. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll probably do uh, do it on a different platform uh, and make it a lot more of a a cleaner website than it is right now. But anyway, changes are in the works and uh, all that stuff. But back to the tour portion. um, uh, Mm -hmm. You you were talking about well, actually, both you and uh, Jake, we're talking about Sukkot and what it means now, uh, as well as back then, and what it's going to mean in the future. And I think you mentioned it, or somebody, or maybe I was just thinking it. Did you mention Zechariah chapter fourteen? Um, if you didn't, no, 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 no. I think we didn't it, mention this. Okay, so uh, uh, this
2: is quite important. what is what is written over there?
0: Yeah, yeah. Let me uh, let me switch over here to. Zechariah chapter 14, you know, why, why should we keep the feast? Why? These are Moedim, they're appointed times of Yahuwah. These are not the feasts of the Jews. Leviticus 23, these are the feasts of Yod Heh Vav feast of Yahuwah. And they are Moedim, appointed times that we are to Mikra in Hebrew, which means rehearse. Why do you rehearse? You rehearse to get it right. Uh, mm-hmm. When there's the main event, you, you better know your lines and know your mark and, you know, do do what the script says. And, well, we're going to be doing Sukkot in the millennial reign. And so you might as well start practicing now uh, because it is, it, it is all designed to be set up as a foreshadowing of what's to come. And in this end times context, we see in Zechariah chapter 14, uh, I'm going to begin here in verse uh, 16, And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, yod of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. I found this interesting because it talks about everyone that is left of the nations which came against Jerusalem. Presumably, mm-hmm. this being in an end times context, uh, you know, basically this is those who survive Armageddon, it sounds like, um, yes very interesting they will go up from yeah and to- no,
2: actually actually somehow the, uh, sorry, Rob, the, there is a, also a connection with the with the the war that's ha- has happened after the millennial kingdom you know when satan is, is being released once again oh also it's connected to that
0: yeah so in, in either case you know after whoever's left you know after all that they're gonna go from year to worship to the king and it shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth, all the families of the earth, <laughs> not mm-hmm. just Israelites, not just black people, not just white people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the, the black Hebrew Israelite movement out there and white Hebrew Israelism. I'm against both, frankly. I think both are completely absurd. It's not about melaton- uh, melanin uh, content. It's, it's, it's about your heart. I agree. Um, but it says all families of the earth. It says, and it shall come to pass that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. So you're not going to get any rain. Uh, And what I found, it's always interesting about Sukkot. uh, It's it's a little bit frustrating when you're camping. (laughs) Uh, But Mm -hmm. typically within the first three days of Sukkot, there's usually rain. Uh, at least every year that I've done it so far. Within the first few days of starting Sakot, it rains. And uh, the, I think it was um, maybe it was the one that from the uh, 2013 broadcast. Uh, I was listening to that one. It might have been that one where we were camping and I just bought this brand new tent. I had this real nice tent and we built a community suka. So we, we had a a suka that uh, Kevin got some lumber and stuff and we got branches and all that stuff. And we made this large community suka for all of us to, to hang out in, but we all had individual tents to sleep in. And I bought this real nice big tent thing and it rained like hardcore. Like it was just like this (laughs) torrential downpour. Now we were on a lake and there was a a really nice lake house that the the, the, the people allowed us to use it, and so everybody went, and they were, and I'm like, no, the commandments is to, to stay, in, stay in your tents and your You know, you're, so I, I don't, I don't remember if anybody else did it, but I think I was the only one that stayed in the tent, and everybody else went inside, and and, and it wow. it came down so hard, like it collapsed the tent on me, and it was just like torrential oh, downpour. I'm like, okay, all right, all right, I give up, I'm going in. Uh, so, you know, rain when you're camping is not so much a blessing, but um, in an agriculture, agricultural uh, society, uh, that's a real good thing. You want that. You, you want the latter rains. You want the, the, the rains for harvest and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, it, it says here if you don't go to Sukkot, you're not going to get any rain. And if the family of Egypt go not up, and come not and have no rain, there shall be the plague. So if you're in Egypt, you're you're not only going to not get rain, you're going to get a plague also, wherewith the Lord will smite the heathen that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations. All nations. That's everybody, guys. All. That come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And, you know, this may sound like a harsh commandment, but, I mean... Really, this is the this is the particular moedim that comes with a commandment commandment to have fun, <laughs> like it's supposed yeah. to be joyous. Like I command you to be full of joy. Oh, the horror of legalism, you know. Uh, and you use your tithe money to do it. Even oh, <laughs> you know, use yep. use your tithe money to have fun. Uh, it's meant to be a joyous occasion. It's meant to you know. Uh, But it's meant to foreshadow fellowship with the King of Kings, Lord of Lords in Jerusalem in, you know, in an end times context. Uh, So you might as well get used to practicing, having fun and and being united with our Savior. (laughs) Start practicing now. Yes. Why not, right? This is the moment. Yeah, this is the time to do so.
2: This is the moment to practice, actually, actually, Robert, I'm sorry to interrupt, because I, 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 always, I always say the, the same, and I think this is a, totally connected to what you, you mentioned. We are not going to be able to to, to fully, fully uh, observe this feast now in the dispersion. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of commandments, and we have been going through the the different portions in the, the Torah, in this spiritual house, uh, that uh, we can do it only... In Jerusalem, and when the Malchut, the kingdom, is established. Mm-hmm. So, so why, why I, I always say, what I always say, like to say is that uh, we, as uh, the first and second generation of Israel, and went through the wilderness for 40 years. We're also we are also in the same process. They they were in the wilderness for those uh, that period of time, learning how to keep the commandments, because that was the moment to learn before they were crossing to the promised land. Because it was the it was the command commanded by Yahuwah that in the Promised Land they needed to keep it without failure. Mm-hmm. So, so now we're in the same the same process. This is this is the moment for us to learn how to do all of this. We are gonna make mistakes. Most probably, it's a journey in itself. It's walking. We're walking the way, and this is part of the walk of uh, in the way of Yahuwah. But it's the moment to to learn how to do it. To do it with all our heart, with all our spirit, all our strength. Because when the time comes and we are going to gather together, we are going to keep it all of us together, together with our King, in the in the promise in the promised land. So so it's the time it's the time to to rejoice, and you know the, the other day I was looking for some information and, and just to to look for a few studies that I, I have been working on, and I came to 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 watch a video of a Jewish rabbi, and uh, you know. It, it, this person mentioned something that uh, was very interesting i want to i want to share with you because uh, it's related to your experience with the rain <laughs> you know everybody everybody is, is waiting not to to have rain during Sukkot if you're camping uh, and you know no matter where you are in the air maybe close to the to the equator you're not ha- you're not gonna have this kind of problems but i can tell you in my case no matter that in a different season because we are starting spring we already started spring uh, this is the period of raining the last rains. Mm-hmm. so so it is quite easy to, to get rain as well if we if we go outside to, to to have some to do some camping so 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 what they say this uh, this, uh, this uh, person was uh, was the uh, cheering is that they, they were they are expecting during sukot not to have rain not to have the experience that you had there Rob. <laughs> uh, but this is a, somehow it's, it's a it's a it's a quite weird because uh, you know everybody expect rain rain is a blessing in order to produce and to get the fruit of the the fruit of the of the land, but the, he made an interesting connection that uh, uh, Sukkot means Yahuwah dwelling with us, Elohim dwelling with us. It's, as I as I said before, is is a is a foreshadow of the kingdom of Yahuwah on earth by the hand of Yahushua HaMashiach. It's a foreshadow of the booth of Yahuwah as is written the tabernacle of Yahuwah is written in in, in, in Revelation. Coming to Earth, and he's gonna live with the, with the, his people among his people once again. But it's also foreshadowed from the past what happened at the very beginning in creation, and you know the, the, that's the connection he made because uh, during creation there was no rain. Rain came later uh, during Noah Noah time, so so there was no rain in the Garden of Eden. It was a kind of a, a dew or something like that that was watered in the watered water in the land. So, 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 by the only fact of a uh, not uh, trying to not to get rain or thinking not to get rain during Sukkot is also a kind of a reminder of how was all of this experience in the Garden when Yahuwah himself was taking care of the his creation and the fruit of the earth. So, so, and and the second connection he made, and for me was uh, was also amazing because, uh, uh, you know, in the Garden. There was uh, four rivers. Actually, the, the water was coming from the from the Eden, and was split in four rivers. And uh, there was multiple uh, f- fruit trees together with the with the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, at the at the middle of the garden, the Garden of Eden. Uh, and it's exactly the same thing we see uh, in the restored creation in in Revelation, where we see the tree of life. Side by side of the river coming from the temple of Yahuwah, from the presence of Yahuwah in a, in a kind of parallel to what happened at the very beginning, and and this is everything connected to this uh, this period of time to Sukkot. So so you know when you mentioned about rain, and just remember this what I what I saw, and I think uh, it was uh, interesting to to share it. How how water is so important, and we were discussing with Jake before. Uh, the, the, how much important is water, you know, even Yahushua himself, he was declaring this in the middle at the last day of the of the feast that he everybody was thirst to go to him because he he has the, the living waters referring to the Ruach HaKodesh so, and we will see it starting next week, you know, when we discuss about creation uh, about water, you know, there's no scripture in the creation week that says that the Elohim created water Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure, he created everything. Right. But it's not clear when water was created, mm-hmm. so so there is an importance on water that the you know it deserves a, a deep study just to understand what it what it means.
0: I've always been fascinated by that, uh, e- even when I was of the old cosmology mindset. Uh, you know, looking at the creation account, water is already there. <laughs> the spirit of God is moving yeah. across the face of the waters. Like, where would the water come from? You know, uh, I mean that's just. Fascinating to me that, that water was not created. And there, I mean, where does it come from? Like, what do we do with that? You know, I, I, I don't know, except to say that it's obviously very important, you know, uh, that I mean, it's right there. And the spirit of Yahuwah is moving across the face of the waters right there in the very beginning, you know, right from the start. Now, this is an area of study that's new for me. Uh, And that is the idea of a pre-Adamic civilization that was destroyed. And that Genesis is talking about the reset of the new world being created. So, in that mindset, yes, the world we are living in today is about 6,000 years old-ish, according to the biblical timeline. Uh, But that there was a world before that that was destroyed. and Uh, you know, I've I've been somewhat resistant to that for most of my life, but in recent years, the more I look into it, the more I'm at least open to the possibility that that could be the case. Um, And one of the reasons why is because we see in the book of Revelation that we are, the world that we're in right now is going to get burned up. And that there's going to be Mm -hmm. a creation of a new heaven and a new earth. I call it the Great Reset. So we're going to get a reset button at some point in the future. It's going to reset and recreate everything. So My opinion is if we're going to get a reset, I have no problem believing that we could be living in a reset. And one of the other reasons that I believe that is because, you know, as finite beings who have a beginning, we tend to think of eternity starting from our beginning going future. But eternity goes the other way just as far as it goes the future, you know. There's eternity past, just as like there is eternity future. So if this current world of existence, biblically speaking, is only 6,000 years old-ish, uh, what was Yahuwah doing for eternity past before that? You know, How many creations has he dealt with in a variety of ways? And are, are we the only place that he's done that with? Now, in the Copernican model of the cosmos when people started to entertain the Copernican model of the cosmos and, and start to believe that way, the so-called church fathers started thinking in terms of plurality of worlds, meaning, well, if there, if we are a planet going around a sun and all the stars that we see up there are also suns that have planets going around them, could there then be other worlds out there? And if there are other worlds out there, then did Yeshua have to die for them too? And it, when you go down this line of thought it becomes very problematic <laughs> biblically speaking. Mm-hmm. It, you run into yes. some serious problems. Uh, and this is one of yet many reasons uh, yet another reason but one of many why I accept biblical cosmology over Copernican cosmology because it resolves mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff. And you have the Catholic Church saying, hey you know if E.T shows up, we'll baptize them dot 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 <laughs> if if they need it. And they're saying things like, "Well, if there is this plurality of worlds, you know, it's conceivable that some of these worlds didn't sin like Adam did. So they they would be unfallen creatures. You know, we are fallen creatures. There would be creatures that that never fell from grace. You know, that that never sinned. And in that case, we'd have something to learn from them. I mean, this is very dangerous, theologically speaking. You know, a, a, yeah. a very problematic." So, um, now, that said, what I call the Yuhua Terrarium, which we'll get into quite a bit in next week's study, um, it's an enclosed system. It's a firmament enclosed system. And everything that we see in the cosmos is in that enclosure. Sun, moon, and stars, Earth, everything is in that enclosure. So, everything that we can possibly observe... You know, or in in any way interact with with our senses is all within that dome enclosed world. But is that the only dome enclosed world? Would be my question. You know, and you know, biblically speaking, you know, this is just fun to think about. There's nothing that we could ever base anything on, except that he says, "In my Father's house are many mansions." And I, when I look at that, some people think that that's talking about rooms in the New Jerusalem, and it may be true. That that very likely could be the case, that he's prepared a, a room for us in the New Jerusalem. Hope so. You know, I think that'd be awesome. You know, um, I believe that if I don't have blood relation to one of the twelve tribes of Israel, that I am grafted in through the gate door branch of Ephraim, uh, because he was prophesied to become a multitude of nations. And so that's Romans chapter. Uh, well, it's the whole entire book of Hosea combined with Romans chapter seven through eleven and Ephesians two. So now others say because there's only two sticks and in, in what's it uh, Ezekiel 37 I think the the two sticks stick of Ephraim and stick of Judah you got to be on one of the sticks. So I say pick a stick right you got to be on one of them. Now some say as believers in Yeshua because he's of the tribe of Judah that we get grafted in on the stick of of Judah. Great. I don't care which one I'm grafted in on. I just want to make sure I'm on one of them. Either grafted in exactly. to Judah through Yeshua or grafted into Ephraim through the prophecy of Genesis 48. Either way, you know, th- that's how you're going in. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, then that would be the gate through which we will enter on the New Jerusalem to go to uh, our mansion, if that's the case, if that's talking about mansions being prepared in heaven in the New, New Jerusalem. Um I've wondered, and this is just pure speculation, just me thinking out loud, is if this terrarium that we're in is at the foot of his throne, so if you can imagine a heavenly throne room with a floor, and right below that floor is the top of the dome that is our enclosure, could there be other dome enclosures in the throne room? I don't know. Fun to speculate about. Uh, There's no way I could prove it either way. Uh, Just some of the things that I think about when I think out loud on, on this topic.
2: Now this is really interesting, Rob, you know, uh, even before coming to to this truth on the scripture about the cosmology, many years ago, uh, I remember discussing when I was in church with my my dad about uh, the full creation week. And as you said, uh, we are going to work through this uh, starting next week and uh, i think uh, there are there are a few evidences to to think that that there was a pre-creation or something like that Mm -hmm. you know i think uh, it's not crazy but uh, it's not a crazy theory It requires a lot of study i think uh, i also i could accept that possibility as well Mm -hmm. Uh, especially in the way that is uh, written in the chapter one and chapter two and the first two verses of chapter chapter one in, in in genesis so so it's something It's something to to check in more details and to to study you know at the end if we are not able to get to that understanding in 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 these days uh, for sure we will get the the knowledge directly from from yahushua during the millennial kingdom that's going to be awesome yes, sure. to understand. and you know we can go crazy even in in theories because as you said uh, the, the new earth and new heaven uh, will come as it's written in the in the book of revelation so, and we know that time is something that he created. So, so who, who can tell us that uh, what is written in Revelation about the new earth and new creation is not the same? New, cre- new heaven uh, is not the same earth and, and heaven that was created in, in Genesis. Mm. You now, I was thinking on this, and, and, you know, it's a crazy theory, and we can go that crazy if we, if we want. But, uh, you know, the same happening with uh, what uh, is written in John. John saw uh, a messenger. Talking about the sealed book. And it's exactly the same thing that, uh, that uh, Daniel, the prophet Daniel, saw as well. So, so what if, what if if uh, they saw the same revelation at the same time? So so it could be exactly the same with the with the with the creation. So so many things, many things to study, and most probably we're not gonna get the wisdom for all of that, all, all, all of that in these days. But it is, it's interesting to to look the the, the word in the, the word of Yahuwah in this way that we can find these crazy things, amazing things, uh, that he he created for all of us.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, some people speculate on the you know some people are in the chat room are asking, why wouldn't Yahuwah tell us of a reset in Genesis if there was one? Why would he? The, I mean, <laughs> the, the the Genesis one account is written. For the new creation that is going, that was about to be made, you know, uh, what came before? Well, I mean, there may be hints of it in Jeremiah, and in other places that talks about uh, total destruction, uh, and, and that's a big topic to get into. Is there's a lot to look at there, but you know, hmm. it, it, there are many topics that I have in the past said, ah, you know, I had already made my mind up, and I'm like, no, you know, I'm not going to look into that. There's no reason to look into that. Well as I get older and get grayer, I see the wisdom in taking the time to look at some of these other things. And, you know, as I've begun to look into some of these things, I've, I've started to believe, you know what, we very likely could be in a reset. There would be no reason for him to tell us that, Hey, in the beginning, this is a reset. He's just saying in the beginning, this is the world that's being created. Um, but for those who accept the idea that we are in a a reset, it, it's, it's very much as if this is a and I gotta be careful how I say this. It's like a, a prison world. That the that there would have that there might have been a rebellion of the fallen ones that preceded it, and that they are stuck in this realm under the firmament because they can't go above the firmament. Like they're they're stuck here. Uh there's a lot to unpack in that, but <laughs> certainly not we could get to in twenty minutes here, but I don't, and, mm-hmm. and Zen Garcia and I are doing quite a bit of discussion on this in, in our uh, Quest for Truth series. We've talked about it quite extensively in some of the earlier broadcasts. Uh, but getting back to this week's tour portion, we're jumping ahead to <laughs> next week's. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, the blessings, uh, Jake makes a good point. I, I would be interested to do a study of comparison between the blessings that Jacob gave over the children of Israel with the blessings that Moses gave here and uh, it appears that uh, it, certainly in the uh, partial in sixty seconds, it, it talked about Asher being, you know, getting the number one blessing, and uh, that kind of jumped out at me. I was like, hmm, that is kind of interesting. Did you have any thoughts on the the blessing of Asher?
2: No, actually, you know, the now that you mentioned, uh, if you didn't notice this, yeah, let me go back. Uh, actually, yes, in my in the version of the scripture I have, he it said. It, it, asher is most blessed of sons yeah he will be accepted by his brothers and his foot in oil. yeah that's interesting
0: yeah and of asher most blessed of sons be asher may he be the favorite of his brothers and may he dip his foot in oil your bars are iron and bronze and as your days so is your strength uh very interesting now there's a um there's a guy uh forget his name now um, i met him a while back he he was reading this one day in study and he he works in the oil industry and okay. uh when he was looking at this he'll dip his foot in oil he he began to do a study on on Asher in in the the land of Asher the you know the region of Israel that that Asher inherited and you know based on scripture He decided to do a geological survey over there. He he pulled some resources together, got some people over there, and went to Israel in the land that was promised to Asher. And uh, the early tests came back that, wow, there could very likely be a massive oil deposit there, uh, untapped in in the land of Israel. And uh, Zion, I think it's uh, Zion Gas and Oil, I think was the name of the company, uh, that was either founded or took on this this project um, to to look for oil over there and to drill for it. Um, it. This has been a while since I looked into it, but when I did, it, it was uh, it was quite the story behind it was quite fascinating. Let me put it that way. But this guy just reading scripture and thought, hmm, I wonder. And he goes over and does some tests and came back with, Wow, you know, this this could be this could be something
2: there no that's really interesting actually actually you know even if we even if we we look at it in that angle when he's talking in the verse 25 about iron and bronze it could be related to to metals as well
0: Uh uh-huh
2: and by by the way i I don't know in in the king james how how it says but in my version says bronze
0: yeah but
2: uh but when I was in one of my trips to, to Israel, uh, I had the, the, the chance to visit one of uh, one of the oldest copper mine in the south of, uh, south of Israel, mm. in the desert. And uh, in, in that moment, I learned that uh, every time when we see bronze in the scripture, it's not really bronze. It's talking about copper. Oh, really? And you know what bronze is? A, is, a, is a, it's not natural. Bronze is not natural. It's a, it's a lesion is a mix between it's the alloy. iron and copper hmm. yes so 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 maybe it could be related. now that we're talking about the share maybe it could be related that that is kind of less in in, in in metals in copper and iron or a shape
0: uh, so I'm not familiar with the the chemical composition so you're saying bronze is a mixture of iron and copper
2: is yeah, this is a, I'm uh, not, so, not so sure on the metals, but it's a, it's a mixture it's, it's an, of copper it's an and something else.
0: Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know enough really to comment on that. That's, that is interesting. And the next verse is interesting too, 26. Uh, there is none like God, I assume that's Elohim, O Jeshurun, who rides through the heavens to your help, majestic through the skies. He subdues the ancient gods. And shatters mm-hmm. the forces of old. Um, I've always been fascinated by that, uh, you know, going back to the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other God before me. Now, you know, mm-hmm. growing up, we read about mythology and stuff like that. And when we think mythology, we just think, oh, a fictional story, you know. Uh, so we read about the Greek myths yeah. and the Egyptian myths and all that stuff. And we just say, oh, you know, fantasy. Well, but why would there be a command to have no other gods before me if that's just fantasy you know you know and and we see that he subdues ancient gods and that he, there's other places where he talks about he goes to war with the gods like these were entities that were real you know they they were spiritual elohim entities uh you know mike heiser refers to them as the you know part of the divine council that that rebelled against Yahuwah. uh they are ent- they're entities and I saw a study that Chuck Missler had done uh, a long time ago uh, about the plagues of Egypt, and how each of the plagues they weren't just random. Hey, let's you know let's punish the people this way. They weren't just random plagues just for the sake of doing stuff to people. Each of the plagues was a, a direct assault against a different god of Egypt. So you know whatever the plague was, there was there was a god of little g god of Egypt. That was in charge of you know that area, you know you know whether it be weather or crops or animals or frogs or flies or whatever it was a and, and the last one the the death of the firstborn was a direct assault against Osiris. so mm-hmm. you know you know he's always been at war with the other gods, you know and, and again, this goes to the the whole idea of a, a prison world. Is that, you know, if, if the initial rebellion that took place before Genesis 1, uh, if, if those entities have been placed here for judgment, for confinement, th- they're still vying. It's, it's almost like a great contest. It's like, okay, let's create humans and let them decide. You know, we did a virtual house church. Let's decide <laughs> whose God is God, right? Uh, let, let the people have the variety of gods to choose from. You know, we see who wins in the end, right? It uh, takes out all the gods, ultimately, and every knee will bow. Every knee will confess that Yeshua is Christ, is the Lord. You know, so, I, you know, I don't know. Interesting things to think about.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, there is a, a strong connection with uh, what you have been sharing for years, Rob, about the, the Nephilim. Mm-hmm. And but, but before before com- commenting on this, just to clarify what I said about bronze, I just look at it. And bronze is a is a mixture between copper. It's around 80 percent of copper, and the, between 15 and 20 percent of uh, other metals like uh, aluminium, manganese, nickel, or zinc. Oh, so it's not so, so, it's, so it's
0: not iron and copper. It's it's several. S- several, yes. several other metals. So it, so he's talking about that there shall be bars of iron and of alloy.
2: Correct. So 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 what I what I what I heard of the every time that the scripture and the, the Hebrew word that the was translated as bronze, in reality is talking about copper,
0: mm-hmm. and it
2: makes all sense. For example, the everything that was built in the Tabernacle, uh, needs to be natural. Yeah. So so everything was related to was uh, built with the copper instead of bronze. Uh, so, so that's interesting to to yeah, study.
0: that is an interesting study. I did some looking into that quite some time ago. And there's really good reason to believe that Solomon uh, mined the, the United States, uh, I think up in like Ohio area um, th- th- for copper, that he, that he had people all the way over here getting copper, quite a lot of it from what I understand, uh, for what he was doing.
2: Well, interesting. It is exactly what I, what I told you. There, there is a, one of the oldest mine uh, in the world it's at the south of israel mm. and it is believed that it was a uh, solomon the one that uh, built a place in order to copper so 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 you know it's interesting you, you mentioned uh this about the u.s so so coming coming back to what you you said uh Rob, you know if we if we go to the about the this uh the additional gods and uh, if we go back to the, the deuteronomy chapter 32 this is the song of moses in the verse 17, part of the song, it says that they, in my version, they slaughtered to the demons, not to Eloah. Mm-hmm. Gods, or mighty ones they did not know, new ones who came lately, which your fathers did not fear. So, so you know, there is a direct and a strong connection. And even Paul is talking about that when he's talking about food, food that is being slaughtered, presented to, to demons he said that he is uh, he is pushing us and teaching us that we cannot share the cup of the of the master and the cup of demons this i think is in first corinthians i don't remember the chapter so so is the connection what is a demon uh, and, and that's mm-hmm. the interesting part of the, the revelation of the book of enoch yeah. a demon is a spirit of the nephilim it's a spirit of the giants so 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 you know all these all these gods from the past the people started to to worship them as basically are the giants of the past are the Nephilim mm-hmm. that the, the people transformed the, them as, as gods and at the end they started to, to worship them and uh, they were demons mm-hmm. so 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 interesting in this connection that is written exactly on the on the son of Moses that we discussed about last week mm-hmm. yeah
0: there's a there's a lot here uh, I
2: was just looking also at the um,
0: the uh, portion from the New Testament Uh, Well, actually, uh, the portion from the prophets that I have listed here is uh, Joshua chapter 1. Remind me about that if I forget, if I rabbit drill off too far here, uh, bring me back to uh, it. Don't let me forget about Joshua. Um, But looking at the New Testament, um, you can click on on those scriptures, and it takes you to the New Testament portions. It's talking about transfiguration. So uh, we mentioned that in our commentary earlier, that... uh, you know Moses did get to go to the Promised Land. I, I I tend to believe the idea that yeah he he had closed his eyes and he woke up here, uh, very very likely uh, a possibility in my opinion. Uh, although I you know I I say that but I struggle with um, Yeshua's parable of the uh, Lazarus and the rich man. And so. Uh, mm-hmm. The, the, and I've had this discussion with Lex Meyer because he he believes in the soul sleep uh, concept that that you know you you go to sleep and then you wake up you know at the resurrection, and yet there was mm-hmm. the story of Lazarus and the rich man that shows consciousness in a place you know called Abraham's bosom. And so you know presumably if if that scenario is true, if that wasn't just a parable, and many scholars. Point to that particular parable and say well this is the one where he actually uses names and stuff so you know they they tend to think that it's not just an allegorical story but it's a potentially an actual event uh so if that's the case then moses would have been among those who were in paradise that were liberated um and presented as first fruits offerings I, you know I imagine the, would have been the saints of old that got up and walked around in the gospel of Matthew you know at the time of the crucifixion uh, whatever the case may be he he does make it into the promised land here and there's several we have the Matthew portion of it we have the Mark portion of it the Luke portion all talk about the same thing uh, Jesus's betrayal and arrest right here not quite sure why that is paired up with this one I'd have to kind of go look at that then the resurrection and the walk to Emmaus um which I've always loved that story the, the walk to Emmaus after yeah. the resurrection and it says that he began with Moses to uh tell them who he was uh let's see here
2: uh that's a beautiful story just the, the only fact that he's mentioned in Moses. Starting from Moses is a reinforcement that uh, for us that we need to study the full full word.
0: Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in, yeah. in fact, that that was the beginning prayer for me that led me to doing what we're doing here at the virtual house church. Was, you know, I, I saw both Yeshua doing this with the guys on the road to Emmaus. It says he began with Moses to tell them, you know, who he was, and we see also that uh, Paul did the same thing in the in the last uh, yes. chapter of the book of Acts uh let me go back over here to the to the Luke account on the road to Emmaus um this is Luke 24 and verse 27 says then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself and you know their response when they finally recognized who he was. You know when they finally realized who they were talking to was, "Wow, did not our hearts burn within us as he opened up the scriptures to us?" And you know, I always, always like, you know, I want that heartburn. <laughs> that's the good kind of heartburn. I i, I get, you know, <laughs> digestive heartburn every now and then. That's no fun. But you know, this is a good heartburn right here. You know, it, it, when yeah. when they went through Moses, he it says Jesus took them through the writings of Moses to explain who he was, and in the last chapter of the book of Acts, we see that Paul's doing the same thing. He's in a rented house, and he's starting with Moses, and he's telling people who Yeshua is. And the Bereans, uh, you know, that uh, Paul writes about, you know, the, the Bereans searched the scriptures daily to see whether the things that the apostles were saying were true. Uh, yeah. Well, the scriptures that they were going through weren't Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the writings of Paul. It was Moses and the prophets. So, you know, my prayer was like, you know, I, look, I can make a good case for my Messiah, certainly from the Gospels, and I could go to places like Isaiah, you know, uh, several chapters in the book of Isaiah. Uh, Psalm 22, maybe, would be another one I could point to. Uh, but that'd be, you know, with the exception of maybe a few other Old Testament references, that'd be about it. I couldn't do it for Moses. And so I was like, where is Yeshua in the first five books of the Bible? You know, I, I, I couldn't, at that time, I couldn't imagine that. Now I'm like, wow, he's everywhere. He's all over it. Uh, but that began my quest. It, it, yes. it began with the prayer, like Father, this is what you, you're. This is what Yeshua did, and this is what Paul did, and this was what the Bereans were doing. Show me, like I, I want to see where your son is, because you know I came to Torah looking for Nephilim and Nimrod. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, oh, look at Nephilim here, giants there. You know, hybrids everywhere. And you know, as I'm going crazy, you know, finding all these cool things. You know, in my studies on those topics I felt like the Holy Spirit was tapping me on the shoulder and you know, and father's like, Hey, you know, yeah, my son's in there too. And wow, where? You know, so that's when I started looking uh for it. You know, here we are, you know, ten years later, still doing these studies here. But it it really started with that and then there's the ascension, then we have uh Second Peter talking about the day of the Lord's coming, and we also have Jude um talking about uh Does this one have it? Right, Urge to defend.
2: And and actually, before I forget, uh, even Stephen, when he was preaching in Acts chapter 7, I think, he was telling and preaching, uh, starting from the very beginning, from Genesis.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, So yeah, I have the Jude reference here uh, that's in verse 9. But even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy. But simply said, The Lord rebuke you. This took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body. And, you know, I've always been intrigued by how that is worded there. Like, you know, this is in the New Living Translation, but, you know, even in other English translations. Jude was aware of a text somewhere that told that story. And as far as I know, I'm not aware of anybody that's found that text. Uh, If anybody out there happens to know it, put it in the chat room, because I'd love to... Take a look at it. <laughs> Sounds like a very yeah. interesting story because I mean, it's written very, you know, very matter-of-factly. You know, oh, people would have read that like, oh yeah, we re- w- we remember hearing about that, you know. So, and, and that's in the be valley.
2: Very, very interesting to know where was the source of information. You know, I, I I will take a look in the Dead Sea Scrolls as well, just to see if there's something related to that. it yeah, would be interesting.
0: I have the Dead Sea Scroll. I haven't. I mean, it's a thick book. Uh, you know, it's like, yeah. several. What is it? Uh, Almost three inches thick. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a pretty thick book, so I haven't certainly haven't read all of it. But um, it would be interesting. This I haven't heard anybody talking about it though. I would think that there, if it was in the Dead Sea Scrolls, that there would be more people out there, you know, giving commentary on on that. Um, exactly. And I, and it seems like I remember reading. Uh, I believe it was in the Maccabees, one of the books of the Maccabees, that uh, the prophet Jeremiah had hid the. Uh, Things of the tabernacle, in the place yes. where Moses was buried, like the, that. Uh, Jeremiah was shown that place because we see at at the time of the writing of Deuteronomy, it says nobody knows to this day, you know, where that where his body is. What is that De- yeah. Deuteronomy? Um, and so uh, this is also says that you know this is at the end of oh is that's thirty two. At the end of yes, Deuteronomy, it's at the end in
2: the chapter thirty, in the thirty-four, it says it's mentioned. It's mentioning that.
0: Yeah, thirty-four. So clearly, thirty-four could not have been written by Moses. <laughs> you know. Yes. You know, this is written after Moses had died. So right. you know, somebody had to have, you know, presumably, maybe Joshua. I don't know. Yes. S- somebody wrote this story. Um, it says verse five. Then Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab at the Lord's command. He was buried in a valley uh, Mm -hmm. in the land of Moab opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows his burial place to this day. So the question would be, when is that day? Like, how long after this event was Deuteronomy, Mm -hmm. or at least this chapter of Deuteronomy, penned? You know. Yeah it seems to give the indication that this may have been a while I mean if this happened like last week that wouldn't <laughs> to this day oh, wow, oh since last week nobody <laughs> you know what I mean that, would, that wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense it, it would seem to me that you know some duration of time you know presumably a you know, a fair number of years have passed at least from the death of Moses to the writing of this particular chapter this closing chapter.
2: Mm-hmm. And And it's a a good chance that more probably Yahushua, Joshua, was the one writing this.
0: It it does make sense that, you know, he would be the most likely. Uh, Of course, then, you know, he says, if it is Joshua, you know, he's kind of talking pretty highly of himself here. But, you know, that's not uncommon in the scriptures either uh, when they write in third person. But Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him and the Israelites obeyed him, doing as the Lord had commanded Moses. Uh, the, the thing that mm, I struggle with on this is, you know, based on that right there, it says to this day, again, it sounds like this quite some time after Moses had died. Well, there's a commandment in the Torah not to add or subtract from the Torah. Mm -hmm. So that then begs the question, when was the Torah finished? Was it finished Mm -hmm. with the writing of this chapter? Which was quite some time after everything that Moses had written, or was this added in violation to the commandment? I don't, I don't know. I don't,
2: I don't, I don't. Know to- I think, I think that that's a, that's an interesting point, uh, Robin and and that uh, that deserve also uh, an interesting study about uh, what uh, what's Torah. Yeah, and you know, no matter that we we call the five first book the uh, Torah, it's part of the tradition that that we, we got this from Moses. I think uh, there is a more t- deeper meaning uh, w- about what Torah is, and uh, you know, t- I think it's the, it's the um, based on what I have been studying through throughout the years. Torah is 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 the instructions. Is the is the group of ins- different instruction midspot mm-hmm. commandments. Yeah, you have different set of uh, commandments. You have right rulings and in Hebrews mishpatim. You have a uh, loss in Hebrews hukim. You have testimonies in Hebrew and all of that are mid spot. So 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 this is basically Torah. So so when we see it written in the in the scripture that we cannot add or subtract from Torah, I, I do believe that this is referring exactly to that uh, to, yes. to that portion. Now that doesn't mean that the, the entire scripture the, wasn't revealed, not at all. And actually, there are so many interesting things. I don't know you. You have you have heard about the the, the Bible codes? Yeah. That they, and I think you were mentioning a few few virtual house ago that they, if you you take a look uh, from different spaces of uh, characters in Hebrew, you can you can find the word Torah. Yes. With the with the letter of y- y- Yahuwah the Bible yeah so so you know i think that this is a different ways to to look at it but it is also a a deeper study
0: yeah for sure uh the joshua portion uh Mm -hmm. joshua 1 8 this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe and do according to all that is written therein for then Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shalt have good success. So, why do we study Torah? Well, that's the consistent promise, all through the Torah, is that if you do, it's going to go well with you. You know, Spock didn't originate. Live long and prosper. That <laughs> goes back to uh, Deuteronomy and the promises. You know, of of, of doing these things. Um, now, to be clear, n- neither Juan Carlos, myself, Jake, or Kevin. None of us are saying that we keep the Torah, or strive to do anything in our own works for salvation. Because we, mm-hmm. we're all going to fail. None of us can do it perfectly. There's only one person who did perfectly, Yeshua. That's why he was worthy to pay the price for the, those of us who did transgress the Torah. Um, so we're saved by grace through faith and not of works, lest any man should boast. We believe that. Um, but then as a fruit of your salvation, I would point people to First John chapters 2-5. through 5 that if you're going to say you're in him then you should walk as even as he walked. Well how did he walk? He walked in obedience to his father. Perfect obedience. And 1 John 2 starts off, I'm writing these things that you sin not. The next chapter defines sin as transgression of the Torah, the instructions. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm writing these things that you do not, you know, uh, violate the instructions, that you do not transgress the law. But if you do, cuz we all will screw up eventually, we have an advocate, Yeshua, Jesus Christ the righteous. Uh, yay! That's awesome. We fall, we get back up again, right? Uh, and then Yeshua said that there's two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what does it mean to love God? First John chapter 5. This is the love of God that we keep His commandments. His commandments are not burdensome. It's not rocket science. That's, that's what we are believing and teaching here on the Virtual House Church. Now, the reason I wanted to uh, visit Joshua here is to ask a question. And, you know, really, I'd like to have uh, Jake and Kevin on also uh, for this question. And maybe I'll reserve it till we finish the book of Leviticus, um, because we started this year's Torah study, Virtual House Church, uh, with the book of Numbers. So Numbers, you're yeah, right. So, we, you know, we, we've only done the last two books uh, in 2020. And as we go into the new Torah cycle, by the way, that's called uh, um, uh, Simchat, Torah, I think is the phrase that's used uh, rejoicing in the Torah which is at after Sukkot, when Sukkot is over the tradition is to take the big Torah scroll that has the whole five books of Moses, and we are all the way at the end of it right now, at the end of the Torah scroll, they do a big ceremony where they roll the Torah scroll all the way back to Genesis and then the, the week following uh, Sukkot, we start back up again with Genesis chapter 1 and start a whole new year cycle of reading through the Torah again um, since we we started this year's virtual house church towards the end like the last third of the cycle you know I think it makes sense to just continue doing the same thing that we're doing here right now with Deuteronomy uh, with Genesis Exodus and Leviticus um, but but then my question is my and just kind of I throw this out there maybe get people thinking now ahead of time this is something I wanted to do back in, when we were doing virtual house church in 2017 was when we finished Deuteronomy was to just go over into Joshua and then go through the whole Bible, like just continue virtual house church doing a book, you know, you know, a month or whatever, you know, uh, till we finish the entire Bible. So we go through the whole Bible in a virtual house church because I've done, I don't know, three, four five years worth of Torah study, virtual study, virtual house church Bible study here. So since I have all of those resources up and I'm continuing to update the website, so we have like the 2013 broadcast, we have the 2016 broadcast, 2017 broadcast, and the 2020 broadcast, plus the Your Living Waters notes, you know, and all that, you know, there's four years worth of studying Torah with the traditional half Torah and New Testament portions. So rather than continuing to do that, uh, you know, in the, in, after we finish Leviticus, what do you think about Let's pick. We we'll, can. We'll, we can maybe have half the half of the virtual house church, if we continue doing a two-hour show, like do half of it on the tour portion, and then go to whatever the next book is. So in this case, would be Joshua, and then you know Joshua judges Ruth would just continue through the whole Bible until we finish it. What do you What do you think of that? doing something like oh, that? That sounds
2: interesting, Rob. I think it's, it's a amazing idea. Yeah, let's discuss with the with the with the Jake and Kevin. And you're absolutely right. You know, every year we are we are going through the Torah cycles and connecting, and this is what we're trying to do every week, connecting the dots with the different books of the Scripture. But having uh the time to go in more deeper details in each one of the books, I think uh, I think for me it's it's really interesting. We should we should try.
0: Okay. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, I think it's I think it makes sense to continue doing well. Hmm, maybe. If we start joshua next week we if we do the first half of the show of course there's so much to talk about with biblical cosmology but uh mm-hmm. i don't know maybe i'll just pray about and think about what makes the most sense because uh, joshua man uh, joshua's a fun book and uh yeah uh you know judges as well you know judges boy judges is heavy <laughs> there's some pretty, yeah. pretty pretty hardcore stuff in, in judges uh, yeah. You know, but you know, I, I've read through the Bible before, but uh, you know, to do a, a a study and commentary with with you guys, I think would be a, a lot of fun. To, and you know, there yeah. may be a lot of people out there who've never gone through the whole Bible before, so for us to do oh. sort of a chapter by chapter commentary uh, along with the Torah portion, I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, and the other thing that I we didn't mention, I think it was I don't know if it was last week's Torah portion or the week before. One of the recent mm-hmm. ones, it, it says that you're supposed to read the the Torah during Sukkot mm. on the seventh year. Yeah. First time I saw that, I'm I thought sorry. I thought it was every every Sukkot, but it, it says mm. on the seventh year. So every seven years, we are supposed to uh, read through the whole Torah. Now, where are we in the seven year count today? That's the big question. All you know, the whole Shemitah and you know, all that kind of stuff, and you know those who are you know, kind of on that bandwagon right now, believe that 1948 is a good year to start the cycle. For me, I don't see any relevance in 1948 that would cause me to believe that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts? Is there anything in your calendar that would show you a reset of a seven-year count? Like, is there anything that happens with the? Do you call it the Zadok calendar or the Enoch calendar, or what? What do you what do you refer to your calendar as?
2: You can call it the, in, in this these two names. People people know it. I refer to the scripture calendar, the scripture. but it is connected to Sadok calendar. You know, calendar is uh, is the same same name. So, is there anything in the,
0: in the understanding of that, that that would show a marker to help us know where we are in the seven year cycles?
2: You know, there's a. I think I think it is. Uh, this is one pending pending part of uh, my own study on the calendar but it's mostly related to the priestly order it's something that i haven't not going through through it on details and i have been seriously thinking uh, lately to to start studying in more deeper details Mm. and because you know we see in chronicles uh, that uh, we have this 24 the head of families of the of the kohanim of the priests that uh, david said as the orders that they need to serve in the temple and there is a lot of information in the that's scrolls that is connected to to this and to the cycles of the of the luminaries mm. so so i think through the through the priestly orders somehow it is, is possible to see the marker of the of the chimita, of the, the the seven year mm. That that's a way and 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 also it's my belief and it's something again the, i i don't have the answer to, to, to the question, but it's my belief that through the luminaries, also especially through the stars, we should be able to to recognize when the the seven year of release.
0: I, I would think so. I would I would think so because it seems like he has something in place for us to to understand everything, to understand the seasons, mm-hmm. to understand you know when the year began begins, to understand you know how the months are reckoned, how the weeks are reckoned, how the day is reckoned. So it seemed to me that within all that, in his perfect calendar, time clock, you know, that he has probably put something into place that would help us understand when his seven-year cycles are are to be understood and reckoned. Um, so I, yes. I actually. Go well, ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, you know, I'm I'm, ten years into doing these studies and haven't yet done. The command of the seven year to read the entire Torah during Sukkot. And um, my only reservation on it was well, I'd like to, if I'm going to do it, because that's quite an undertaking to do, you know, to, to read through it all, you know, uh, in just a few days, would be I want to make sure that I know that I'm on the seventh year when I do it. so, uh, So I don't have to
2: keep doing it <laughs> yeah no. uh, the, the only thing that i wanted to add to the to the seven year that uh, at least in my my view rob uh, this uh, one of the reasons why 2017 was so relevant mm. with the with the signed uh, with the virgo in september 23. Mm. no many people were expecting the for, the for the rapture to happen yeah uh, well, it was my belief back then that the most probably the tribulation was going to start and you know the later I started to study even more in details about design, and I, I go to the understanding a different understanding of what the design means. but uh, you know the only fact that the the design was in uh, in the in heavens and somehow connected to to what happened during the yahushua's birth two thousand years ago uh, somehow could be connected to the year of release Shemitah, the seventh year right. So, so you know what, what is the what is the commandments that uh, blow the shofar for the for the Shemitah year, uh-huh. so meaning that the, the following year is the year of release. So, so if we think and, and this is uh, what I, I I tend to believe now. I don't have proofs for that, but uh, it's something to study that uh, maybe 2018 was a year of a uh, year release uh, due to due to this uh, sign on the on the heaven. Meaning that uh, 20, 20, 2024 or 2025 could be an, uh, an additional year of release. And if we see what's going on in the world now. The, it, could be, it could be connected, you know. I'm not saying that, that something's going to happen in the 2024 or 2025, but uh, if we, we look into the timings according to, to the scripture calendar, Yahuwah's calendar, you know, seven, seven years is something really important. So we need, yeah. to, we need to keep watching.
0: Well, good things to to think about and certainly worth uh, looking into. You know, if we can figure it out, that'd be awesome. So let me know if you do come to a conclusion. Uh, I would be interested in knowing that so that when that particular Sukkot happens, I do go through. And is is your opinion that it's talking about reading the entire five books of Moses or just the book of Deuteronomy during uh, that Sukkot? For that commandment because it seems like i think it, it might be just deuteronomy but i don't know
2: my 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 take on that so far the uh, rob is that most probably is the book of the deuteronomy hmm. because you know it's a it's a, it's a summary, it's a of, great the summary of, yeah. of the entire torah yeah yes and when what, what we see in the book of uh, leviticus for example is most related to the service of the of the priests. But for the entire for the entire people the, the book of the is a good summary of what is written. so most probably that it was that book.
0: yeah all right well uh, that's all I have for today and uh, another exciting virtual house church we got a new logo yay so I will get that up on the virtual the house church website here on this website and we'll keep everybody informed as to the progress of the uh, new one that I'm working on see how that goes. But uh, thank you, Juan Carlos. It was wonderful. And you've got a few more days left for your Sukkot. We are just beginning ours. So to everybody who's keeping Sukkot, happy Sukkot and uh, have a great weekend. Shabbat shalom, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us once again for the Virtual House Church. All right, man. Have a good day.
2: Yeah, for you too. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. And Shabbat